rest of the rest of everybody in here, let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one. Um, if you were here last week and you you don't know what's going on, if you're tuning in on Facebook or YouTube and you see all the the stuff in the background, we're in a a, a thing right now called Christmas in July. And what we're doing is we are coming together around the theme and, and the ideas of Christmas in the middle of summer. Come on, somebody. And uh, we're, we're raising funds to uh, support children uh, during Christmas time. And so we have a giving tree back here in the back. If you have anything at all that you want to give, we, we've got pens and envelopes back there for you to pin your money to the tree. And that's going to go to families this Christmas. Amen. But uh, if you were here last week, we talked about Elizabeth and Zechariah and how God blessed their home and how they are a, a good integral part of the Christmas story. But today, we're going to talk about people who I think all of us are kind of fairly aware of who they are. But we're going to talk about Mary and we're going to talk about Joseph. And uh, we're going to ask God to do what he wants to do in this place this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's read together. If you have, if you don't have a Bible with you, we got it on the screen. Let's read together Luke chapter one. We're going to start in verse twenty-six. We've got about eight or nine verses to read this morning, so just track along with us if you don't have a Bible. Amen. Here we go. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph. And of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for I have found, uh, you have found favor with God. Come on, how many people are thankful that even though sometimes we don't deserve it, we can still find favor with the Lord? Amen. Verse 32. Oh, sorry, 31. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name, you will name him Jesus, and he will be, a, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overflow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth, even as she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing, I could preach all day on this, for nothing will be impossible with God. I'm going to say that again because some people need to put that in your spirit this morning. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38, and I'm done. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done according to your word. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Lord, we, we ask that you use this this morning. Remove Joe from the equation. God, I'll mess things up. We want you to come. We want you to move. We want you to have your way. And we ask all of this 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, what we've seen here in this short passage of Scripture is that the angel visited Mary and told her, look, you're going to have a kid. And we've all heard this story, if you've been anywhere near church, a bajillion times, right? I don't know how many a bajillion is, but we're going to just say that it's a lot, okay? But the thing is, is that we've heard this story and we have packaged this story in our Western culture as nice, as cute, as pretty, as, as awesome, as, you know, and we've made it something that I believe that it probably wasn't. What do you mean by that, Pastor Joe? Well, I think that this was a lot deeper than what we want to believe and what we want to admit and what we want to think. And this morning, we're going to unpack that, okay? And so I want you to think about this really quick. It wasn't clean, and it wasn't cute. What God was doing in this moment was not clean, and it was not well packaged, and it wasn't pretty. Come on, somebody. And the thing is, is that how many people can be honest and say, God, I want you to do something in my life, but I would prefer it to be clean, and I would prefer it to be cute, and I would prefer it to be packaged really nice. I, would, I don't want to have to face anything at all. I, just, I would love for my life to be spick and span, right? We would love for Mr. Clean to live in our closet and just bust open our closet doors and clean our house and have our cars cleaned and all of that. But in reality, it does not work that way, does it? It doesn't. And I'm going to just break something open for us this morning and, and just try to unpack this as we can because we relate a lot more to Mary and Joseph than what we realize. We look at this passage of Scripture and we're like, this is amazing, you know, the virgin birth. Joseph was so, oh, he was awesome. He didn't kick her to the side. You know, he was like, that's my boy, yeah. You know, but the truth is, is there's a lot, it's a lot deeper. Let's unpack it this morning. Imagine for a moment, just for a moment, that you are an unmarried woman in a society where such a woman who became pregnant could be charged with adultery and stoned to death. Imagine that for a minute. Now imagine that you become pregnant. Who do you tell? Who do you talk to about it? Do you tell your parents? No, because they can't support you. According to the culture, if they would have done that, shame would have came upon them. Who do you talk to about it? Your fiancé? He cannot stand by you because according to culture, you'll ruin his reputation. Who do you tell? Your friends? No. Because they'll be most like everybody else and, and put shame up on you and put shame and they'll most likely, just like everybody else, judge you. It's not so cute anymore, is it? When we throw ourselves in the shoes of this young woman who was approached by God with such a heavy task. Who do you turn to for support? Who do you go to when the news is good or when the news is bad? This is a problem that Mary faced when she learned that she was pregnant. It was something that impacted her life deeply when she realized that she was pregnant. Think about it. How do you tell? Look at our culture now. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and you've conceived and you go and tell your husband or your fiance, 
honey, I'm, I'm expecting a baby. And it's the Lord. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nobody's going to believe it. Nobody's going to believe it. However, I want, you to, I want you to grab this this morning. In this moment, when she was confronted by the angel, and all of this raced through her mind, man, people, people will cast me out, people will turn me away. Is this really what I want in my life? Is this really what I think that my, my fiancé would accept? Is this, is this believable? She had to determine in her mind, I'll do it or I won't. And she made a choice right then and right there. I'll say yes to the Lord. I'll say yes to the Lord. I'll say yes to the Lord. So saying yes, I want you to hear this this morning. I'm not going to be before you long, but I feel like what I'm going to say is powerful. The truth is saying yes to the Lord is not always going to be clean. It's not always going to look cute. And I question us this morning. There are times we've asked God to move. God, move in my life. God, work in my life. God, show up in my life. And we beg Him. God, do this. But we do it. But I don't want any lash back. I don't want any kickback. I don't want any hardship. I don't want anyone to come to me negatively. I want to look, I want to be the part, but I don't want to face what, what could possibly happen. And I want to give you a promise this morning. If it didn't work that way for Mary, it's not going to work that way for you. I think sometimes we get it a little twisted, don't we? I've, there's been plenty of times I've asked God, God, please, please do this. Do something major in my life. And He said, I will, but your hands are going to get dirty. I will, but your hands, I will, but your reputation's at risk. I will, but what are you willing to give up? I, I can, but what are you wanting to, to see in return? And here's the amazing thing about all this is that her answer was yes. See, Mary and Joseph, they're they're really important characters to the to the, sto uh, the story of Christmas and, and what we talk about. Obviously, <laughs> because they're the parents of Jesus. But not just biological or, or a functional parent of Jesus, but there are points of identification for some of us when it comes to the Christmas story. What do we know about them? Well, we know they both had strong faith. Think about this. The angel didn't show up and Mary said, who are you? <laughs> what are you? Where did you come from? The angel showed up and said, the Lord. And Mary knew who the angel was talking about. And they both had great faith. But here's something that they done. They demonstrated their faith. What is faith without demonstration? I'm going to ask you this morning, what is faith without demonstration? But they demonstrated their faith by their obedience. 
They demonstrated their faith by obedience. The angel could have came to Mary and said, look, you're going to have a baby and you're going to name him Jesus. And she was like, that's awesome. But I don't want to do it. (laughs) Our faith has to be tied with our obedience. Come on, somebody. I would love to say that we get the reward of our faith without obedience, but that doesn't happen. We can see in several instances in the Gospels, um, when Mary is informed that she'll become pregnant by the Holy Spirit, her response is one of obedience. And the amazing thing about this is that it wasn't just Mary who was obedient. It was Joseph who was obedient. And they both were obedient. His first inclination was to be merciful to Mary and put an end to their engagement. Did you know that? In the beginning, it wasn't going to work out the way we know the story to work. Joseph was like, I'm going to show some mercy here, and I'm not going to publicly shame her, but I'm going to send her to the side. And the angel actually visited him again, and he he was instructed to keep her. And what does the Bible say happened? He did. And I want you to grab something this morning. This is a good point. When we read the Bible, we read from hindsight. What do you mean by that, Pastor Joe? We can read the story and read the end. When you're walking through something, you can't see the end. Can you? It's easy for me to say, Mary, do it. It's Jesus. He's going to change the world. He's going he's to die on a cross. He's going to set us free. He's going to restore us with a relationship with the Lord. Please, Mary, do it. We know what the outcome's going to be. It's not easy for me to look at you and say, do it, I know what's going to happen. Because in reality, we don't know the outcome of what we're surrendering to. We just got to have faith that the Lord said He would do it and surrender anyway. I know, I know, I know. That's easy for you to say, Pastor Joe. You're not the one surrendering. I've got my own things I have to surrender to. Joe, I've got this for you, but will you? And I'm like, I want to, but no. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Come on, pastor. Just because I have pastor in front of my name doesn't mean I'm, I'm always holy and I'm super spiritual and I hover around my living room. I don't do that, okay? The truth is, is that God asks me to do things and sometimes I fail Him and say, no. I fail Him. And I say, no. It isn't that way for us. We can't always comfortably say yes because we don't know the outcome. While I was studying this, I remembered a statistic that I read one time, and it blew me away. I shared it with my wife last night. We were on the couch sitting there talking. But there's an animal called the Africa Impala. It's almost kind of like a, um, I don't know, almost like a deer, what we would compare it to in in our region, in our area. And the thing about an African Impala is this. They can jump 10 feet high. And they can jump 30 feet in distance in one leap. Ain't that crazy? 10 foot high and 30 feet in distance just in one single bound. But they can be kept inside of a zoo with a wall that's only 3 foot high. And the reason why is because they won't jump if they can't see where their feet are going to land. And that's us. That's often us. 
God has gave us this amazing ability to radically change the world, to radically see His hand move, to radically have Him encounter our lives and miraculous things take place, but we're afraid to jump. Because we want the outcome before we commit to the, to the request. <laughs> Could you imagine? Just imagine what the story would have looked like had Joseph said no. Just imagine what the story would have looked like had Mary said no. And we'd be reading a different story today. I still believe the work, the work of the Lord would have been done, but it wouldn't have included Mary and Joseph. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. Just because you say no doesn't mean the work of the Lord won't happen. But it means that your name won't be involved in the story. And I want to encourage you. I don't know about you, but I want my name to be part of the story. I would love for people to, to say, I met the Lord because Joe Ayers was faithful to the call of yeah, and said yes. I would love for that to happen. And the truth is, is every single one of us have that capability and that possibility for us to be a part of the story. For, for us to be a small part of the story. But the question is, is are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to answer and just simply say, yes, God, I don't know what it's going to look like, but yes. I don't know what it's going to sound like, but yes. I, I don't know where the funds are going to come from, but yes. I, I don't know uh, who, who else it's going to involve, but yes. God, I'll just simply say yes, because you know way better than I know. Come on, somebody. Well, Pastor Joe, I, I, that sounds real good, <laughs> but I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. Matter of fact, I'm just a simple factory worker. You know, I work down at the restaurant, or I do this, or I do that. God's not gave me a calling like that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Here's the reason why. When Mary, you know, she, she was given such a, a heavy thing, and it wasn't clean, and it wasn't cute, and it was going to cost her something. And she chose to say yes anyway. Let me, let me give this a, a good, good analogy here. They were the least likely to be used. They were the least likely to be used. I don't know about you, but I always hated that in school whenever they would vote like most likely to succeed, class clown, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, least likely to, you know, I don't ever want to put that label on anybody or myself. And, but sometimes I do that. I do label myself, man, I'm not the one. Y'all ever been there before? Yeah, God, you've, you've missed it this time, Lord. <laughs> I'm not the guy. Y'all ever said that to God? God, you made a mistake this time. I don't know about you. but <laughs> I'm not the one. I'm not the one, but they were the least likely. And I come up with the most craziest excuses sometimes. Lord, I'm not qualified. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. And God always shows me people in the Bible like this. But not only was Mary and Joseph strong in their faith, they were young. They were young. I want you to hear that this morning. They were young. And that teaches us a valuable lesson. In this passage in Matthew, um, it, it, we work for an assumption that some people, both in this day and in that day, uh, would challenge that the ability to obey, to obey God depends on an age. And that's not true. The ability to to Obey God does not depend on an age. 
Many modern cultures could learn a valuable emphasis from this story, right? Don't we do that sometimes? Well, you're just young and naive. You don't know what you're talking about, right? You know, and I, what's funny is, is I have to tell myself all the time, Joe, you're 32 years old. People see you as a 32-year-old man. I'm not a child anymore. <laughs> you know, and, and because our culture has demeaned us for so long. You're young. You don't know anything. You're young. You're not capable. You're young, you know, and I have to constantly remind myself, I'm, I'm 32. You know, I'm not 60, but I'm not a kid. I, I'm old enough to, to, to do this. I'm old enough to be taken seriously. But make no mistake, Mary and Joseph were young, but God used them. He used them. Jewish men in that day, let me tell you this, would, would generally marry around the age of 18 or 20. And then the women would always marry a lot younger from around 12 or 14. We're talking about teenagers here. We're talking about teenagers. When God showed up, he was like, would you do this? And they're like, so yeah, I'll do it. But they're kids. They're kids. And this is where Paul comes from when he talks to Timothy, his apprentice. He's like, look, let no one despise your youth. But set the believers as an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. And despite their youth, Mary and Joseph showed great maturity and they set an example in their culture by saying, yes. Yes, I will. So not only did they have strong faith, they were young. I want you to hear this too. Some people have a hard time with this statement, but they were poor. They were poor. Evidently, Joseph didn't have any family connections or influence to provide a more substantial lodging situation for them. Remember that? How they showed up and there was no more room for them in the inn. In a culture that placed such a high value on patronage and social connections, they had to make do with humble surroundings as they delivered their first child. Second, after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took him and presented him in the temple. I want you to grab this. This is really cool. The sacrifice they offered was two turtle doves. Did y'all ever know that that was connected to that song? <laughs> First day of Christmas, my children. Second day of Christmas. It was a sacrifice that was given for Jesus. And this tells us that we're poor because in Leviticus it tells us that there are certain rules for offering sacrifices when you present your firstborn child. And because they weren't able to afford a lamb, they were able to do turtle doves or pigeons. This was often a demonstration of mercy from God. I want you to hear this this morning. What I'm trying to say is this. Is that God wants to use the ones that we think He doesn't want to use. God wants to use the ones we think are unqualified to be used. God wants to use the ones that we would turn away from because we don't like the way they look. We don't like the way they smell. We don't like the way they act. God wants to use them. God wants to use you. Pastor Joe, I'm good at believing that God wants to use... Have you all ever been here? I'm good that God wants to use somebody else. I just don't think He can use me. We're good at that, aren't we? God done it for them. I, oh man, there's been multiple times I've prayed, Lord, please do this for them. And God would do it for them. And then I lacked the faith to ask God to do something for me because I felt like He wasn't going to do it. And I want to encourage you this morning. What you're going through is not going to look clean. It's not going to look cute. 
I promise. <laughs> if you've been told something other than that, I apologize. You've been lied to. But all you have to do is say yes. God, I, I say yes. And be encouraged this morning that He wants to use everybody. It doesn't matter your social economic platform, your place. It doesn't matter where you are on your finances. It doesn't matter where you are if you've been married ten times and divorced ten times. It doesn't matter if you failed this morning on your way to church. That does not matter. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. Do you understand that this wasn't just some crazy occurrence that happened? This yes from Mary and Joseph changed the world. And I want you to hear me when I say this. Your yes. Pastor Joe, we're in Rutledge. Don't matter. Your yes. Pastor Joe, I've failed too many times. It doesn't matter. Your yes can change the world. It can change the world. And it wants to start in your world. Who was the first person that was changed by Mary and Joseph's yes? Mary and Joseph. It changed for them. Life changed. And then it changed their family. And then it changed their region. Come on, I'm preaching good. And then it changed their world. I promise you this morning, if you say yes to what God is asking you to say yes to, it'll change your family. It'll change your region. It'll change your world. I'm telling you, some of us, our biggest platform for ministry is our house. And that pours onto our street. God wants to change it. God wants to change it. And here's another question that I want to ask. Not only you that God wants to use, but are you looking for God to use people outside of your life that you would not anticipate to be used? I think we miss some of the greatest blessings from the Lord because we cast people aside because we think God can't use them. I was driving down the road the other day and I don't know why, you know, but I, I wanted to pack some waters. I normally just stop at Chick-fil-A and get free water. Come on, somebody, because that's the Lord's water. It's blessed. It's holy, okay? I love Chick-fil-A. And they give free water. Just know that. If you ever need water, just go to Chick-fil-A. You can get. I always get two large waters, and I just drive around and drink those waters. But I pack water for some reason. And I stopped at a red light, and I realized why I packed water. There was a man standing on the side of the road and he was just profusely sweating. And, and I, I rolled in my window. I said, I don't have any cash, but I got some water. He said, thank you for looking out for me. That simple. That simple. And you know what? That moment God used to change me. God used someone that I didn't think God would use to change me. Come on, somebody. And if God can do it through Mary and Joseph, a young couple who didn't have anything to offer, who didn't have anything to give, other than a yes, God can use you and He can use other people if all they have to offer is a yes. I want to encourage you this morning. Pastor John, I'm too far gone. You're never too far gone. Pastor Joe, I've messed up too many times. 
baloney. It don't happen. The truth is, is that God wants to use you. And you're qualified. Come on. You're qualified. Pastor Joe, how am I qualified? All you have to have is a yes. Yes. 